Today in Canadian history for January 11th, I'm Mark Affeld. According to records made by his father, Canada's first Prime Minister, John A. Macdonald, was born on this day back in 1815. As I mentioned in yesterday's episode, there's some debate as to whether he was actually born on the 10th or the 11th of January. But this is no matter, because if there was ever a historical figure who deserved a two-part episode of Today in Canadian History, it's surely John A. Macdonald. Today, let's discuss the legacy of the man himself. Personally, one of my favorite things about being Canadian is that we're not afraid to question our past. We as a people are unwilling to accept our historical figures to be the stuff of myth and legend. They're just people. People of power and influence and courage, maybe, but people all the same. For example, some people call John A. Macdonald the single most important figure in the history of Canada. A political genius. He's the father of confederation. Others call him a rude, elitist drunk who used his powers in some very unsavory ways. Me? I think it would be a huge mistake to assume that those two images of the man are mutually exclusive. To learn more about John A. Macdonald the man, I spoke with historian and author of John A. The Man Who Made Us, Richard J. Gwynn. He was, he was, and he was in what was a runty, underdeveloped provincial colony. That's what Canada was in the 19th century. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't a nation state, we were a colony. We had no say in international affairs and so on. And this curious guy becomes our prime minister. And he, in my considered judgment, and I'm quite confident in this, and I've tested it with other historians, politically, not as a statesman, I mean, not in the kind of grandeur of a man, say, like Abraham Lincoln, but in, as a pol- politician, in terms of manipulating the system, getting people to do what they don't really want to do, but what you think they should do, all that kind of stuff. He was up there with the best in the world, which was Abraham Lincoln, of course, or Benjamin Disraeli or William Gladstone in Britain. Those were the giants of the 19th century in terms of democratic politics. MacDonald, our guy in this backward provincial colony, was up at their level. And uh, one of the reasons he was so good was he understood human beings and human nature and how people behave as individuals, as they behave to each other, as they behave in a, in a collectivity like a community or a country or whatever. Uh, his secretary, a man called Sir Joseph Pope, was a very able man. He was his sort of principal aide, said he understood every chord of the human heart. John A. Macdonald could talk to ordinary people, and they liked him. They related to him, uh, and he had a. He, here's a typical way he did it. He would walk down the street and see some boys playing a little game, you know, with a stick and all this kind of stuff, the usual sort of thing that kids do on the street in this town or a city. Uh, he would stop and start chatting with the boys and talk, talk to them about their game and so on. And people would say, hey, that's John A. And they would gather around. And he would then have a crowd to talk to, you know? And he would talk to them in their own language, in their own tongue. It was nothing pretentious about him. Nobody ever called him an elitist, you know, which is the word that's used today and so on. Was there anything about the young John A. Macdonald that would have pushed him towards a life in politics? Well, he, 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 he loved power, you know. He, he, he got into politics in a way that many people do. He was a lawyer, so he decided to get into politics, learn about government, then he could come out again and, you know, 
uh, in effect, represent his client's interests better because he understood how government worked. Many lawyers do that and so on. They, they spend a short stint in politics. But Donald goes into politics, discovers he's very good at it, discovers he likes it, and stays and gets to the top. That's why he just loved power. He, there is one reason he loved power, apart from the fact that power is very attractive to hold, is that his his personal life, his home life, was incredibly bleak. He was, in a sense, escaping a very sad scene. It was just fate. It was nobody's fault. Um, but it was it was a very bleak scene. His home, uh, and so he goes to the to the Parliament buildings where. You know, it's a very male atmosphere, and everybody drinks a lot, and people joke and tease and, and uh, you know, joust with each other verbally. And he liked that, and he was uh, he, he fitted in very well there. But you, but anybody who told you that Mark that McDonald was an elitist had hadn't a clue what they were talking about. I mean, he was a man of the people. He had became, of course, well not well. He never became wealthy. Became quite well off, and he became very powerful. But his natural, he could always talk to the most ordinary person as a complete equal. And he did that time and time again. One of his lifelong friends was an illiterate Irish woman called Mrs. Eliza Grimerson, uh, who ran a pub in Kingston. And, uh, you know, he and she talked as complete equals. There was nothing fancy or elitist about John A. MacDonald. Now, you brought it up, and I think it would be a mistake not to at least mention it, but uh, do you think it's fair for people to put so much emphasis on Johnny McDonald's drinking habits? Well, he drank a lot, and everybody did then. Not, not everybody, but, I mean, an enormous number of people. And in those days, Mark, it was very, it's hard for us to understand what we do normally today without even thinking about it, 90% of us. We drink what we take social drinks. We might have a couple of glasses of wine, a couple of beers, you know? And that's it, or three, you know, whatever. But anyway, not a great number. In those days, you either drunk and got completely blotto, or you didn't drink at all because you were temperance. But the idea of having a nice little glass of wine, which you nurse along and talk about what a, you know, where, what, where about what vineyard in France it came from, or what vineyard in wherever it came from, and all that fancy stuff, never didn't exist. You you drank and got. And McDonald was a particular kind of drinker. He was no alcoholic. He was not someone who woke up in the morning and had to have a drink. He could go months without drinking, but then he would get blotto. He would just crash. He would vent. And um, now he was smart because when he was going on a binge, he never made any key decisions, any important decisions. He knew that he was going to wipe out, you know, flame out totally. Uh, but that was the style. And what is, everybody knows he was a heavy drinker, and he was a heavy drinker, no question about it. And he didn't always get it right. In other words, sometimes when drunk, he would do things he shouldn't have done or, or make decisions. But he tried very hard not to make decisions when uh, drunk. I mean, he's a fascinating man. There are layers and contradictions in the man. The one I started out right at the first, that nobody would ever anticipate that this guy, the cynical, clever politician, would have proposed an extension of the vote to women, you know, proposed it and, and, and brought in the legislation. Uh, and uh, it's amazing. So the people have got a cliched view of McDonald. He's actually a very interesting, complex 
cat. A, and B, we were bloody lucky to have him because, but for him, we'd all be Americans. There's no question of whatever in my mind. And with all the faults and flaws of being a Canadian, it's a lot better. Today is a day full of Canadian history. William Stevenson was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba on this day back in 1896. Codenamed Intrepid, Stevenson served as a spy for the British forces during the Second World War. Ian Fleming himself once claimed that Stevenson was a major inspiration for James Bond. That's right, the real-life James Bond was born and raised in Winnipeg. Also born on this day, Prime Minister Jean Chrétien. Chrétien was born in Shawinigan, Quebec on January 11, 1934. And as always, we aired this episode of Today in Canadian History. Today in Canadian History is produced by CGSW 90.9 FM. The executive producers are Joe Burma and Mark Affeld. Original music is produced by the Fisk, Fletcher and May Trio. Our series is not meant to be a definitive source on our past. Instead, we hope that it sparks a desire to learn more about our unique history. For more information on the series or to recommend an event or moment, check out our website at cjsw.com slash today in Canadian history. All right, it's time for another Canadian quiz. John A. Macdonald was 52 years old when he became prime minister. Who was the youngest Prime Minister to take office? Was it Kim Campbell, Stephen Harper, Pierre Trudeau, or Joe Clark? Well, at the age of 39 years, 364 days, Joe Clark was the youngest Canadian Prime Minister.